Hey, future ghosts, I'm Araya. And I'm Steen. And this is a show that uncovers what monsters might be lurking in the shadows. Or which could simply be hiding in plain sight. This is immediately no. Was good. <laughs> Whatever, whatever's on the beyond. I think it's going to be more like Star Trek beaming me up into a space vehicle, man. What's going on now, sir? Son of a bitch is about six foot nine. I don't know. Do you see him now, sir? Yes, I'm looking right at him. Uh oh. Believe me, if I started murdering people, there'd be none of you left. I'm going to send you all my socks that have the one toe missing. That you love when socks have holes in them. Because you love when socks have holes. I don't love it. No, I don't. (laughs) I don't love it. You like sew them back up, right? You know Um, what? Don't Don't go airing out my sock sewing business Dude, i don't know every time my toe pops out i'm like oh i gotta fucking tell her right that my toe popped out of my sock uh, i've got a long middle toe um <laughs> and it grinds out all of that spot it grinds out my socks in that one area oh, no. uh i'll post a picture of it because i got a good one <laughs> it's like a little a face video. yeah <laughs> i wanted to post it on. and then I got tired of buying socks so much that I sew my socks back up. And it's actually a lot of fun. You get like a little dowel and you have to like crisscross the th- It's fun. All right. Yeah. It's nobody fine. nobody okay. come for me. Um uh, do you want to start with true crime news of the week? The awful things that are happening in yeah, our dude, world? Yeah, dude. I was gonna say, um I do have a true crime update, but first and foremost, I think Ray and I have both had <sighs> The craziest shit that two people could ever, like, almost firsthand experience, like, almost be there. Both of us. I don't even know what I'm saying. I don't have words. Um, yeah. So I, I yeah. what she's talking about is um, in Colorado Springs, there was a shooting at a gay bar here. Um, and for those of you who don't know, I used to be a exotic dancer. And when I first started dancing, I hated going out to regular bars. Um, and I'd go to Club Q a lot because it's just where I felt safe. For some reason, you know, the gay community and strippers, we just, we gel very well. Um, so it hit home, it hit home pretty hard, you know, to see people I recognize and have spent time with make national news for something just so incredibly horrific. Um, and I just want to give a second to kind of, say their names and and spread awareness about it because it it unfortunately is something that happens um but yeah so the the five identified victims are Raymond Green Vance with he him pronouns Kelly Loving she her pronouns Daniel Aston he him pronouns Derek Rump he him pronouns ashley paw she her pronouns um and then apparently in a news article that came out today the shooter is non-binary and identifies as they them and even though i hope that they burn in the deepest depths that they're that hell has to offer um we do respect pronouns either way so they can burn hell Yes. And they can burn hell. <laughs> We're not even going to say their name because it, no. it does not matter. And then Justine also had a brush today that is scary as your friend living so far away from you. 
Yeah. So I'm over here, like, you know, sympathizing or em- emphasize. Em- 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 okay. Empathizing? I- I'm over here supporting my friend, Araya, who's going through this absolutely crazy, traumatic thing in her community. Um, and we're just like, wow, the world is so scary. You know, we're like thinking about just the podcast that we're doing and just like the content that we always talk about. And then like this happens so close. Like, I mean, only a couple of miles from her house. And then, and we're both kind of like this week, just, I mean, it could be like, you know, PMS, I don't know, but like, we're both just like mentally just having like a shit week anyway. Yeah. And then like this yeah. shit happened and she was just like, fuck. And then literally last night, can't make this shit up here in Chesapeake, Virginia, where I live, um, 1.7 miles away from my fucking house, there was an active shooter, um, in Walmart and it's the Walmart I go to all the time. And, uh, I actually, so I was supposed to go last night and now I wouldn't have been anywhere near the same time. So, I mean, it's still scary though. But it was to scary like, to think. It, yeah. It, it happens. So, you know, yeah, I, I would have been there probably like four and a half hours before this happened, but I needed to get printer paper and like, thanks a couple last minute Thanksgiving things. Cause your girl be waiting. Um, but I uh, didn't go cause I was lazy. Yeah. It's scary. It was, you know, it was a, an employee, it was a manager that shot, you know, Six employees. Seven. Seven is him. He killed himself. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, And there's like four others in the hospital and stuff. But yeah, it was pretty crazy. But then today, dude, I don't even know if I had a chance to tell you this. So then I work with uh, my coworker's husband as a captain in the Chesapeake Police Department. So he was on call today. Oh, you did tell me about that. Yeah, you did. Yeah, we're leaving, you know, the people from last night. And there was an act, like I'm at work and we get an, she gets a, you know, an update like there's an active shooter currently like right now at the target in greenbrier which is literally i could walk there from my house so it's like down the street from the walmart but even closer to my house and i was like are you fucking kidding me oh my god um it came yeah, too close too close yeah. for comfort for sure and the police uh responded and ended up being like a false alarm but i was like i'm just like so traumatized like i had to run on my lunch break to get the things i didn't it's, get last night. it's unfortunately uh an epidemic at this point you know my i've my mental health has been in a a really funny place since then and my heart is just broken and shattered and i'm trying to do my best to to move on and support my queer friends because they they deserve our love and our support and they deserve to feel safe yeah but yeah so me and justine are are, we're hanging in there (laughs) Yeah, we're but okay, thankfully. And I will say I did look forward to doing this. Yeah, we both like, you know, it. On Wednesday, I got to get my shit together because, you know, this is fun and we enjoy it. But yeah, um, sure. we'll we'll move on from it in any updates we'll, we'll give you guys. But yeah, yeah, love each other and protect each other because it's a scary fucking world out there. For sure. For sure. Scary. Wake up call for sure. Um. I do have another true crime update that I kind of just wanted to to throw out there. Um, I'm going to kind of, you know, zoom through it a little bit. I know this episode might be a little bit longer than normal, maybe not too much, but this case is pretty, pretty good. So let me just get this true crime news out of the, out of the way and then we're going to dive in. But um, last week, I know we talked about, well, <laughs> on top of the, the shooting for here in Chesapeake, we just had a, a, a shooting um, at University of Virginia. So on November 13th, which was in my true crime news last week, 
um, along with the University of Idaho students. So an update on that case, um, we're now in the second week of investigation of the University of Idaho students who were stabbed to death on November 13th. So we know from last week that two additional roommates were home and they slept through the entire attack. Two victims were found on the second floor and two on the third floor. Autopsy reports show no signs of sexual assault, and it was likely that they were all stabbed to death in their sleep, although some of them did have defensive wounds. Apparently, this is where it gets like gray area weird. Apparently, one of the roommates was the one to actually call 911 when they woke up later that afternoon. Additional friends were also invited over to the house um, by like the surviving roommates when they woke up because I guess one of the roommates was like, hey, so-and-so has passed out. They're not waking up and like called their friends over for help is what I'm guessing, um, which kind of explains the 911 call that was for an unconscious person. Um, but just what I found weird about this whole thing is that the coroner said there was a lot of blood. It was a sad, sad scene. So it's just really odd to me that the other roommates didn't notice that. Um, like they haven't found the suspect, haven't found the weapon. So I actually have my own theory about this. Okay. Um, I think that they are not suspects because I think that the local police departments know that there's an active killer in the area. Um, there's also been reports of skinned animals in that area. So I think that they know that there's an active serial killer or just regular killer, I, you know, in just that area and they just don't want to cause a panic, but... Just your that's everyday true. average guy killer. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah, there's there's been a lot of things that have come out even since this update. Um, where, but like I said, the other two roommates in the home are not suspects. They've been cleared. So, um, like more more to more to come. There's a lot of things that are missing for us to help really paint this picture. So we'll see what what comes of it. But it's, um, it's only going to get weirder. And uh, more heartbreaking, I'm sure. sure, as we go. Especially so. the closer the holidays get, the more terrible these stories really get, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, dude, I, I'm sad as shit, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sad I love as you, shit. Bro. I'm uh, sad. I love you. <laughs> I'm taking my meds, I'm doing my cross stitching, and I'm, and I'm watching my shows that, that I like. Loft and Law and Order. Um, yeah, taking yeah. it slow. <laughs> watching a lot of X Files. Yeah. But, um, all right. Well, speaking of crime, guys, we're taking a little <laughs> bit of a <laughs> woo. We're taking a little bit of a turn. I know we, we did a little bit of the spooky stuff, but today we're gonna actually talk about uh, a true crime case. Um, one that has really a lot of information and it's like insane. Uh, and I really just tried to pack it into one episode so I wouldn't have to do a two-parter. Um, so bear with me, but I think you're gonna really be able to follow along pretty quickly. Um because it's just so crazy and you're going to want to know more, to be honest. I had to leave things out. So tonight we're going to discuss the absolute monstrosity of the Richardson family murders. This story takes place in the city of Medicine Hat. A.K.A. Aspirin Beanie. Um, <laughs> just because that makes me feel better. I don't okay. know. <laughs> uh, which is in <laughs> Alberta, Canada. Um, 304 Cameron Road, to be exact. Um, it was known to be quite... Oh, a quiet residential street, which is typically how these cases seem to go. Um, the Richardson family consisted of Deborah, 48, her husband, Mark, 42, their son, Tyler Jacob, who 
goes by Jacob. Uh, I've seen more of him going by Jacob than Tyler and, and all of the sources, um, who is eight years old, and then daughter Jasmine, who's 12. Um, so on Sunday, April 23rd, 2006, Jacob's six-year-old friend went over to his house to see if he could come play. As he peeked through the window, he made a horrifying discovery. There lied the bodies of Mark and Deborah Richardson. He ran home and told his mom, who then called 911. At about 1 p.m., the bodies were found by police. The scene I was also dis- want to s- say, sorry, I, I also want to say that uh, he, Jacob's friend was supposed to stay the night with them, the night that this family was murdered. Oh, shit. Um, and went to a hockey game with his grandmother instead. So... Go to those fucking hockey games with grandma because you never know. Yeah, I forgot about that part. Woo, man, that's crazy. Uh, The scene was described to be pretty gruesome. And one of the police officers, a former Marine, even said it had said it to be one of the craziest things he'd ever seen in his entire life. They noticed a family portrait in the house and immediately noted that a family member was missing. Concerned for the whereabouts and safety of the missing teen, they went to her middle school and searched her locker. That is where they found the detailed drawing of a girl lighting her house on fire with her family inside and running to her boyfriend's truck. Now, I have seen this photo. It's literally like stick figures and it's like insane. It's like insane. Um, I can actually post That's it. That's so weird for for yeah. a girl her age to be drawing like stick figures. Like, Yeah, true. That's true. Know. She's sixth grade, right? Or uh, Yeah, 12. Um, I, I'm going to share it. I'm going to post it on her story or something just so you guys can see it. But... Um, so police immediately saw that and turned Jasmine from a missing person or a possible kidnapped kid, um, to a murder suspect. Police and forensic investigators quickly began processing the crime scene and catching up with the killers on the run, if you will. Jasmine and her boyfriend, Jeremy, who I will give way more insight on shortly, uh, left- Huge sack of shit. Yeah. Piece of shit. <laughs> Spoiler, huge piece of shit. Yeah. Um, they left a trail of digital evidence that mapped out all of their plans, along with the stupid drawing that she kept in her locker at school. So, obviously, they're two idiots who have never done this before. Yeah. 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 Never watched. Just run away. Stuff. Yeah. Don't kill your fucking family. Like, go Just somewhere. A lobe. I don't know. Go fucking run away but anyway get pregnant who knows right don't. you ever seen teen mom <laughs> um anyway so here's where i want to get into some pretty in- insane details about jasmine and jeremy and their relationship so for starters jasmine's boyfriend was 23 year old jeremy allen stanky i've heard stanky and stanky so, so it's He's actually bullied. I, from what I read, he was bullied his entire childhood and called stinky. Yeah, yeah. Um, and <laughs> that's I what I read that, too. Yeah, I think that's just like we bred a uh, bred a killer here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, again, you did hear that right. It's a 23 year old who was dating an 11 year old in sixth grade because Jasmine was 11 when they started dating. And 12 the night of the murders. So did he know? Because I know her social media is she made herself out to be older. He knew she was 11, right? He did. He did. And and from what I've uncovered, this wasn't his first relationship with an 11 year old. Uh, so this guy is literally just one of those people that grown women do not take him seriously. He's so scary and so out of touch that grown women are like, nah. Com- completely. Ugh, yeah. Like they're uninterested. Guy. He can't 
have anyone interested in him. Um, and for reference, like if you're thinking, you know, 23 year old, an 11 year old think Hermione, um, she was 11 in the first Harry Potter movie. Matilda was 11. And if you've ever seen my girl, Veda from my girl was 11. Okay. That might be a little bit out of my age, my age bracket. Have you, have you ever seen Matilda? (laughs) I've seen Matilda, but I haven't seen my girl. Okay. I was about to fucking kill you. Um, anyway, (laughs) anyway, the whole point is a child. Okay. Sixth grade. Um, but why, how the hell they get together? Well, I'm going to tell you, they, they met at a punk show and to, to this day, I like wish I knew like what show they went to, but they met at a punk I, show. Yeah. Probably wasn't a good one. Probably not good. I mean, you're thinking like it's probably in somebody's living room. Yeah, yeah. It's early 2000s Canada punk. <laughs> um, they met at a punk show, and it was puppy love or pedophile love at first sight. Um, in 2005, Jasmine started hanging out with the goth kids at her school. And now I just want to say, goth kid, just gothic. It's like that doesn't mean you're evil. Okay. Um, you know, it's just interested in, in dark things and, and it's just a different type of style. It's not, it doesn't mean you're evil. So in, I don't in want, fact, I would say that like goth kids are probably some of the most docile people I've ever met personally. You know, it's more just like an appreciation for, for things that kind of go a little under the wayside, you know, like, yeah, against the norm, uh, maybe a little bit creepy, um, things that most people just don't really care about, it, I guess. You I see the, the villainization of goth kids a lot. Like uh, the Memphis, uh, West Memphis 3. We'll talk about them at some point. But that's another good case of just like goth kids kind of getting thrown under the bus. Yeah. So I just did, I did want to say that. I, it, it talks a lot about being goth in here. And, and there is like anything, a sect of people that just ruin it for everybody. Right. So anyway, um she started hanging out with the goth kids at her school. Uh, but originally Jasmine was known to be pretty friendly. She was extremely close to her family and especially to her little brother. Her peers described her to be kind, gentle, outgoing, and very inclusive. Always wanted to make people feel welcome. But somewhere there was a shift. She started dressing differently, often wearing all black, other goth type clothing from what I heard, uh, chokers, you know, spikes, anything hot topics circa middle school. Um, except Araya was probably not even born yet. Uh. Well, here's the thing is me and Jasmine are probably closer in age than you and her are. Bitch, she's 29 now. (laughs) Well, yeah, I'm in my mid twenties, but I had a hot topic emo era phase. All right. Um, so like I I bought like all of those, like, like the merch from hot topic, like band merch, you know, like chafe your nipples and shit. Cause the shirts are like so rough. Yeah, dude. I I, I had black gloves. Are you kidding? Uh, yeah i wanted to dye my hair and my parents wouldn't let me i was there if anyone's listening i'm 30 so please tell her to fuck off um (laughs) (laughs) so teachers i can i can live vicariously do not fucking at me yeah nobody at me (laughs) at her uh teachers (laughs) peers began (laughs) teachers and peers began noticing a change and not only her parents but her behavior as well it was noted that her teachers often had to speak to her about her clothing choices and her behavior. Uh, she was just a very angsty and withdrawn preteen. Uh, she's 11. You know, I mean, she's puberty. I don't know. I would imagine she's got crazy hormones and middle school. I remember middle school was so dramatic. So there's actually like a, a study that um, women who 
mature at a young age, like hit puberty at a young age, they have a lot different. They they're like more impulsive, moody, make poor sexual decisions. Like that is that is a thing. Okay. So okay, that yeah. Okay, that's tracking here because keep that on in the back of your noggin. Okay. So anyway, she's eleven. Growing up's pretty difficult, especially during those awkward tween years you're not really yet an adult but you're definitely not a child you're you're uh not a girl not yet a woman <laughs> no are you too young for that one no okay. yeah Britney that Britney one didn't, yeah. okay all right you're oh britney spears okay you should yeah. say britney spears oh okay um your skin freaks out <laughs> all of the time your hormones are out of whack you're just a fucking sack of shit, okay? Your peers become strangers, sometimes even bullies. It can just be a rough time. Middle school is traumatic. Um, most people struggle and are not able to accept that life gets better as you keep growing up. Others, or most people are able to accept that, but others cannot cope with the brutality of being a teenager, which is unfortunately why we do see so many um, child and, and teen suicides to this day. Their own unhappiness can lead them to make rash decisions that not only destroy their lives, but the lives of so many other people, especially the ones that they love. I also want to say, I think the saddest part about this is Mark and Deborah. So Jasmine went to a Catholic school and when her teachers were concerned about the way she was dressing and her behavior, Mark and Deborah didn't have a problem with it. Like they, they thought that she was just expressing herself and that she should be free to do so and that she wasn't hurting anybody. So these are like good parents. I like I, I really want to stress that these were really good parents. Like they were both opioid addicts that had gotten clean and sober mm-hmm. and wanted a family and they did really well. Um, and it's just very unfortunate that Stinky came into the picture. I'm just going to call. I don't think this. Yeah. yeah, I don't think this would have happened if if he wasn't. A factor I do. This. I do agree with that. And, and there's there's a lot more detail of the parents and just how amazing they were and, and how just free spirited her mom was. And and just it wasn't like she lived in this like super strict, crazy household. She had they were Canadian family. parents. You know, they were yeah. the, the parents that were like, you want to go shopping and go to like they were good fucking parents. Yeah, they were so. amazing. So, um, but yeah, uh, that kind of seems what happened with jasmine is that she just started to really make bad decisions and ultimately destroy her life but um obviously jasmine's parents mark and deborah did not approve of their little girl dating such an older man with a questionable character at that uh she was often grounded or forbidden to see jeremy because her parents disapproved and discouraged the relationship which is rightfully so what 23 year old should be dating an 11 year old hello I will say my kid's seven and that's not much younger than 11. And he just learned how to wipe his ass last year. Like (laughs) he just started wiping his own ass last year. Like has she even gotten her period? Like I don't. Anyway, that's (laughs) TMI. Do you want to ask her that? Should we send her a a letter? Yeah, we'll mail her a letter. (laughs) But yeah, who would blame them, right? Like no parent would support that. Uh, Many of Jasmine's goth friends at school, her new friend group, uh, would chime in and constantly claim that her parents were punishing her for dating Jeremy and that it wasn't fair and that they were ruining her life. So great. There are no help there. Obviously planning that, you know, idea in her head. That's kind of where that originated from. Um, But their romance began with many long talks on the phone. I know that they wrote each other like really dark poetry. 
Uh, but because Jasmine's parents cut off their relationship, a lot of that moved to talking online. I and think at is- some point, too, he gifted her a vial of his blood to wear oh. as a necklace. That would make so. sense. Also <laughs> keep that in your sense. head. I didn't know that, but there's a part where that comes up. So hold on. We're going to get there. And honestly, the dark poetry is worse than that. So Yeah. Because like, <laughs> uh, okay. we're going to, there's so much. Um, <laughs> so yeah, a lot of it moved to online and we're going to get to a lot of that. But eventually Jasmine would begin sneaking out of her house to visit him at his trailer where he lived with his mother. Congratulations. Um, I do want to note, uh, Jeremy did have a very traumatic childhood of abuse. His stepfather abused him and his siblings daily. There is a lot of detailed accounts online that you can find a more in-depth explanation of just Jeremy's childhood. Uh, it really was fucked. It's really bad. Um, but he, he was also bullied at school. And at 13, he was diagnosed with depression, ADHD, and also diagnosed with fetal alcohol syndrome, which I don't know if anyone knows what that is, but they can it can fuck you up like stunt your growth your um like your mental state there's so many things with that but um this could potentially explain why jeremy chose to surround himself with with such a young you know age range you know what's interesting too is is i know a little bit about psychology and i know that really traumatic events kind of stamps your brain a little bit at the age you are um, and unless you get the appropriate help for that, you're, there's a piece of you that's always that age. Right. It's kind of driving the bus and making decisions until you can um, deal with that trauma. Right. So I, as much as I hate it, it makes sense. I hate yeah. Stinky. And I think yeah, he's awful. We, we hate Stinky. We hate that he went through this, but we hate him. But his mentality was pretty much stunted. Uh, it's not really been proven, but it's, it's very much likely. Uh, by 15, he was a full-blown alcoholic. Um, who Ohio is for lovers himself, uh, if you know what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> I he, no, I'm picking up, but yeah, no, I'm smelling what you're stepping in. And he did black his eyes because he was goth. Uh, he wore the eyeliner. It's noted in the details. Um, he then began doing all of the drugs that you could name. Literally all of them, they were all listed. Maybe like maybe not heroin. Maybe that was like the only one. Um, he struggled with substance abuse during his entire relationship with Jasmine. This is absolutely no excuse for anything. I just wanted to give some insight on Jeremy's upbringing, um, a little behind the scenes. So, Looks like shit. He smells like shit. He's been yeah. through some shit. It's Stinky. actually funny you say that because it was he was known to you know not shower and smell like shit when he was like a kid because he was bullied <laughs> and stinky, depressed, and yeah, those kids they don't wash their hair, they smell like shit, you know, whatever. Their wallets are attached to chains in their, in their pants. <laughs> I can't say that because I did that shit in middle school. I had a disturbed They're wallet. always being overly affectionate in the hallways. Oh, you they're know, like they're tongue down the throat of their girlfriend in the hallway. <laughs> like at the bus stop, they're acting like he's like going off to war. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. The funnier part is that he's 23. So she didn't get to experience any of that <laughs> middle school angsty love. Oh, they would have been um, gross. They would have been do, gross. I did have a disturbed wallet that was a chain wallet from Hot Topic. I just want to throw that thumb holes in all of my sweatshirts. Yeah, so. it's fine. Okay, we're on the same page. Um, so anyway, Jasmine often appeared mature beyond her years and lied about her age on all social media platforms, often posing as 15, 16 years old. She was known to have developed early and took a, took a lot of... Wow. And looked a lot older than she was, but she was definitely not emotionally mature enough to be considered older than 12. So 
on uh, looks wise, she could pass for being older. Once you have a full on conversation with her, you realize this bitch is 12. (laughs) It's a baby. Yeah. Yeah, She's she's a baby. baby. Um, Jeremy appeared as some sort of leader of the misfits seemed to be exactly what Jasmine was looking for at this time. which is a match made in heaven and hell. (laughs) They were punk goths that rebelled against opposition and shared similar niche niche interests. Um, Somehow these people always seem to find each other. It's just, it's not uncommon. Just think like, think, think high school, think middle school, think about the clicks that you see in TV. Like it's that, that's what it is. Those people find each other. They always do that. Um, So for context, Jasmine and Jeremy's online profiles painted quite the picture of who these two were or who they aim to be. Jasmine's MySpace, which still exists for what MySpace MySpace is now. um, It's pretty blank, but it was my, it is myspace.com slash X underscore madness underscore X. So punk. Uh, She lists her heroes as Jeffrey Dahmer, Chris Angel, (laughs) the goat <laughs> Marilyn Manson Danny Filth and Batman I'm telling you right now anybody that liked Chris Angel <laughs> 10 years ago you get you smoke a little weed you go back you watch that it's the funniest fucking thing that you could imagine it's just so weird to watch as an you, adult especially when you liked it do you remember when they had that prank thing where you could like go to chris angel's website and like type someone's phone number in their name and like some other thing it would ask you a question and then chris angel would like call them and like mind freak trick them but it was like a recording but that <laughs> shit fucking worked i didn't know about that no um i, I would watch viva la bam and then Hell chris yeah. angel mind oh, freak oh, would yeah. come on immediately after i watched every episode um and I almost like thought I was going to die when he almost died in the underwater thing. Anyway. Or when uh, he buried himself and he brought his poor New Jersey mother to watch. Like <laughs> He was so fucked on so many levels as an adult. I look back. Um, so that was her MySpace. Her VampireFreaks.com profile. Yes. Uh, one of her many sites describes herself as bisexual, Wiccan, nocturnal, awkward, loud, a deep thinker, and insane. Um, Truly, same. I just want to point. Th- I just want to say, same. That's literally my bio right like, now. So remember how it was like super <laughs> cool to be like, I'm awkward. Like that was like the coolest fucking thing. Like I'm so. <laughs> or like awkward. the, look how small I am. I can't reach this box of cereal. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. And like your hands like hiding in your fucking hoodie. Like okay, bet you I'm have so fingers. little. I'm cold and I'm so small. Yeah. <laughs> Her interests are listed as unnatural hair colors. <laughs> same um dark poetry (laughs) criminal psychology blood (laughs) okay uh human anatomy and yeah and kinky shit literally kinky i put in quotes because kinky shit was on there Um, she had me she had me until kinky shit and that's where i was kind of like i don't know i don't know an 11 year old what does that even look like 11 right so here's jeremy right 23 jeremy's profile that no longer exists described him as a gothic individual who believes in blood, destruction, guts, gore, and greed. <laughs> okay. His interests okay. were listed as piercings, tattoos, music, scarification, <laughs> pain, blood, <laughs> razor blades, <laughs> the dark, the moon, Chris Angel. <laughs> okay, okay. Eyeliner, uh, dark clothing, okay. aggressiveness. Biting, 
kinky fetish fetishes. Dude, at least they had Chris Angel in common. What a Dude, bonding thing. Could you imagine marrying somebody because they're like, what's up? You like Chris Angel? Dude, <laughs> they probably found each other in a fucking forum on Chris Angel, okay? I don't know how vampires.com so, works or whatever. <laughs> Lichens, if anybody isn't familiar, think like 2008 Underworld. The werewolves in that. Yeah. Lichen. Yeah, I was. I knew that you were going to explain that, so I'm glad you did. And and, and that and his girlfriend. <laughs> his religion was also listed as Wicca. Uh, yeah. His about me section ended with this quote. Am I God's champion or Satan's angel? Roses are red. Roses have thorns. Hell hath no fury like a little girl scorned. Weird. Weird. It kind of creeped me out that he re- referenced like little girl. I was just like, right. do you like, view her this, as a no, little this girl? No, this guy's a, a pedophile and to the max. Yeah. Like there's no, there's, he's a predator. He's a stinky sack of shit. <laughs> I hate this guy. I hate this guy. <laughs> like, even if he wasn't a pedophile, I think I'd fucking hate this guy. Yeah, like, because he's just like so dramatic and over the top. And it's like, I sometimes I just want to tell people on a daily basis, like, just calm the fuck down. And that's one of these guys. Like, he's one of those guys. Like, just dude, there's enough the pain out. in the world. We don't need you. Come on. Yeah. So one of the most telling posts of Jeremy's was on April 3rd, 2006, literally only a few weeks before the murder. He wrote payment. My lover's rents are totally unfair. They say that they really care. They don't know what's going on. They just assume. As their greed continues to consume, she is slowly going insane. She continues to thank me that I came into her life to help her out and to stop what they keep trying to shout. Okay, poet. Uh, it's all it's all total <laughs> bullshit. All right, Edgar Allan Poe, let's fucking calm down, dude. Let's fucking chill out, brother. I want to slit. Like, okay, what are we fucking in 1874? At least he was like sick. Could you imagine like him saying this in person to somebody? That's what I'm picturing. Their throats, I want to slit. They will regret the shit they have done, especially when I see to it that they are gone. They shall pay their insolence. Finally, Oh, they should they shall pay for their insolence. Finally, there shall be silence. Their blood shall be payment. Um, so as you can see, Jeremy often took things to the extreme. God, and I you mean, know Jasmine loved it. You know, she oh, was like, Oh, she ate oh, this that guy shit. Is so, uh, she's eleven, dude. Yeah, dude. She's like, like fucking worship this guy. I mean, God, he's just <laughs> fucking hot. Um, I mean, but come on, the guy believed he was a three hundred year old werewolf and wore a vial of blood around his neck. And often referenced the coven many, many times. Like he he would post things like, we must meet under the full moon, something, something, and relieve the coven and blah, blah, blah. Like, I just want to say that uh, witchcraft is not this. Anybody who thinks that it is, <laughs> please don't ever. Please, please do don't not ever. Vampirelovers.com or whatever the fuck that <laughs> <site> is. <laughs> this is not this is not witchcraft for anybody wondering. So Thank honestly, you. <laughs> most people would find all of these things as a deterrent, but no, Jasmine didn't even think twice. She ate that shit up. In fact, that she loved it. Um, so on another site on Nexopia, I guess it's like a Canadian social networking site um, that the two frequented. Jeremy posted there as Soul Eater, and Jasmine posted on there as Runaway Devil. Which, if you've heard of the book, that is where that title came from. There is a book about this whole case and it's called runaway devil now it's a great book i read half of it and then i stopped but <laughs> i did read half of it there just for like a little bit of context of just certain messages that they would send each other like one time 
Jasmine sent this to Jeremy. She said, God, I can't get over not seeing or talking to you. I yearn to hear your soft, subtle voice and long to be held in your arms. Wait, she told Jeremy that she can't wait to hear his soft, subtle voice? Yeah, apparently. (laughs) How does she even know these words? I think this is I think this is too stinky. Oh, wait, you're right. I'm reading it backwards. Oh, my God. (laughs) I was like, dude, no. I'm logging off. I'm logging off. No, yeah. I can't wait to hold you in my arms, Jeremy. (laughs) (laughs) Jeremy sent this to Jasmine. Sorry. (laughs) Woo! He's like, basically, he's just like, I don't care where we are as long as I'm with you. I would (laughs) die for you. There's nothing I could... I'd do anything for you. Um, I miss you. I love you. I wish that we could just go somewhere. We could... Just be alone together for a little while. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, I'm gonna write you another fucking. He song. also uses the the D as like that smiley face, just yes, to like date this for everybody. Yeah. The capital D for the smiley face. That's what time zone we're in. That's what like time line we're in right now. Yeah. He also puts T he and raffle, uh, <laughs> and ends it with T T Y L cuddle bunny asterisk hugs and kisses with Z's. <laughs> oh, uh, so Jeremy. That's that's a little bit of that. Uh, you know, she she writes things back. You know, uh, hey, did you see? Did you like my poem I wrote you? <laughs> I'm glad that you missed me. Wish you didn't have to. Um, you know, oh, it's all blushing. Um, I'm blushing. Oh my god. Um, yeah, basically just talking about, hey, when are we gonna get together and kill some more pitiful souls? Talk to you later. Hopefully, you can call or something. XOXO. Take care, of your lovely. Blah 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 blah. Um, they keep going on to talk about you know, killing and all sorts of things like that. They reference the movie Natural Born Killers. It's a movie that they really loved. And then this is something I did want to point out. So those there's many conversations back and forth between the two of them. But then there was a conversation I found between Jeremy and another friend uh, who went by Super Jesus. <laughs> um, Jeremy said... That's actually was, funny. Yeah. That's actually and, really funny. Yeah. So this is a conversation between the Soul Eater and Super Jesus, just saying. Wait, oh, I'm, I just saw a line that has me fucking dying. Hold on. Okay, so Jeremy's like, I was worried because she was getting in so much crap that we were going to have a relationship problems. But she said she'd never break up with me and to stop worrying about it. Super Jesus was like, sad face, tell her parents to shove it. And Jeremy's like, yeah, right, that will work. Um, We were thinking more along the lines of killing them. Raffle, yeppers. And the best part is, <laughs> it was her idea. <laughs> exclamation boy. Exclamation point, capital D, smiley face. Yeah, but this is where, so the yeppers got me, but then, hold on, there's now another conversation between Jeremy and Jasmine, and he's like, I miss you more than killing people. Can we get together and kill people? Or no, she was like, I miss you more than killing people. Can we get together and kill people? She's like, rawr, I hate them. (laughs) So I have this plan. It begins with me killing them and ends up with me living with you. This bitch said rar. I hate them. <laughs> she started it with rar. She didn't even yeah. end it with rar. Yeah. And he's like, well, I love your plan, but we need to get a little bit more creative, like with details and stuff. Okay. Thank you, Jeremy, for like wanting to have a plan. Type A. Okay. We see you. So anyway, together, they both romanticize the notion of killing Jasmine's parents, basically. We've seen this type of fantasy in many cases, but what separates Jeremy and Jasmine from the rest is that their fantasy actually came to fruition. Uh, the two even obsessed over the movie Natural Born Killers, as I as I mentioned, which is a story about two lovers that go on a wild killing spree, and eventually the boyfriend kills the girlfriend's parents so that they can be together. Um, I also want to say the girlfriend's parents in Natural Born Killers were like child molesters and shit, so not the same, not the same. Right, right. Uh, they are, uh, yeah. So they wa- they actually watched this movie 
only a few hours before the murder, along with a couple of friends. So their friends were there with them. And apparently it's noted that Jeremy told those friends that he and Jasmine were going to kill her family minus her little brother, that it was time. So he then drank a case of beer, a few shots of vodka, a few glasses of wine, did several lines of cocaine and took an ecstasy pill before getting in the car. My guy uh, said, got a blast. Um, that's like the worst high drunk ever, though. Like, like, you, and you're going to go kill people? Hello? Like, hello? Anxiety? I, anxiety? I would be dead. And he got, he drove. Uh, I don't know who drove. But. <laughs> that's the real crime here. Is he yeah. fucking drove? Like, maybe he did. I don't know if he drove. I hope not. But anyway. So on the night of April 21st, 2006, the night before the murders, Jasmine and Jeremy were emailing about their plan to kill her parents and run away together. Jeremy agreed to help Jasmine kill her family. So here we go. April 22nd, 2006. Jeremy snuck into Jasmine's house wearing all black, a ski mask, fishnets on his arms, like all sorts of crazy shit to disguise himself. Um, not sure if it was like Robert or Gotham. I a think it's both. Dude, yeah. he probably just wore that all the time, though. Everyone's like, yeah. he's wearing all of us to do this. Yeah, no, that's what that guy. Arms, bitch. He, he'd been wearing that for months. Yeah, he's been fucking wearing eyeliner every day. Um, and he was wielding a butcher's knife. Um, some sources say he had two knives. Not sure. Two or one. Either way. My boy was armed. Um, so Mark and Deborah were asleep when Deborah was awoken by a noise. She went to the basement to investigate. This is where I got to say fucking white people, man. I'm sorry. I'm not fucking going to investigate shit. If I hear something, bitch, I got my gun. And if you come anywhere near me, I'm going to shoot you. I'm not going to go to you. And I'm definitely not going to investigate by my motherfucking self. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No so anyway, right? I don't know. Would you go? Um. Would you go to the fucking? I have a security system, and I already have an exit plan. I'm crawling out of my top window. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't. This is an ad shit, for sim- this is an ad for Simply Safe. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Simply <laughs> Safe. Actually, yeah. us. <laughs> um. But yeah, of course, as predicted, I would imagine, Deborah, you know, goes down to investigate and Jeremy viciously stabbed Deborah to death. A total of 12 stab wounds. Hearing her scream, scream, <laughs> hearing her screams. She's screaming. <laughs> she was screaming. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of. <laughs> She's really I'm not afraid of He's really strong. No He's really strong. <laughs> hearing her screams, Mark then, wow, Mark then ran to the basement to try to fight off Jeremy. It was said that he was using a screwdriver in his hand, actually. Um, But ultimately, he was unable to fight him off and was stabbed to death as well. A total of 24 stab wounds. Holy shit. So Jasmine, completely aware of this plan and what had transpired, ran to her little brother's room um, to try to calm him down because he awoke from the noise and just was afraid um she found him this oh, is so poor baby. this is a whole trigger warning like maybe trigger warning 30 yeah. seconds or something 15 um she found him laying in bed with a lightsaber across his chest for protection oh. <laughs> that hurts yeah jeremy soon ran up i have chills dude jeremy soon ran upstairs to jacob's room to meet her um this wasn't a part of their plan jacob wasn't supposed to be awake he was supposed to not be involved um so now what do they do jasmine and jeremy decided that they had to kill him their reasoning so that he he was too sensitive and it would be wrong to leave him without parents what the fuck that's so twisted so fucked so little eight-year-old jacob's last words were i'm scared i'm too young to die 
Ugh. Jasmine first tried smothering her little brother with a pillow. When that didn't work, she fatally stabbed him four times in the chest and Jeremy slit his throat. And I want to say, out of everything, this is really why I hate this fucking guy. Like, this is really what does me in with old Stinky, because that's fucking horrible. Yeah, dude. And, and this really just shows that, like, I don't even think this... <clears throat> As much as they they say it's a crime of passion, this guy was just a psychopath, hundred oh, percent. Yeah. Because it's just not. It, that's not. I don't know. He found that's someone not the symptom. Could fulfill his fucking idea of of this crime. Yeah, being that heartless is a symptom only of being a truly horrific person. Truly, yeah, it's. Uh, Especially, I'm like super close with my little brother, so I'm just like, oh my god. I know, um, I know, yeah. So this this leads us back to that next morning when Jacob's friend comes over to play um, and finds the bodies. So police arrive, realize Jasmine's missing, discover evidence at her school and on her computer, and then the search for the two begins. So at this point, Jeremy has fled the scene and went to his trailer, leaving Jasmine all alone with her massacred family. Like, no big deal. Um, Jasmine later snatched her mother's... I debit card and took a taxi to 7-Eleven uh, where she got some cash and then walked to Jeremy's trailer. The taxi driver was interviewed and he said that um, the young girl he drove in the early hours of April 23rd seemed very calm and cool uh, that he would never would have imagined that she would have just brutally murdered her entire family. So um, other witnesses have also stated that Jeremy and Jasmine were spotted out at a restaurant that evening, kissing, hugging, laughing and acting anything but remorseful or as two people that just slaughtered an entire family. I think what this is truly like it, what I would think is I think Jasmine's too young to deal with reality, you know, cause I, I think even if you know death is permanent, you don't really know that until you're a little bit older. Right. And then Jeremy's just a stone cold psychopath killer. And it really is this like terrible combination that I yeah. hate to see. I think she was like extremely impressionable, but then there's just parts yeah. of me. Um, I'm gonna give my opinion when I'm done. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you because uh, we're we're wrapping it up. There's I'm gonna tell you the fucking craziest shit. So, police later found Jasmine and Jeremy in Leader, uh, Saskatchewan, Saskatchewan, Saskatchewan. Yeah, uh, whatever. Only 80 miles away. Um, I had to Google that because it said kilometers because it's Canadian, and I was like, fuck, how much is that? Both were arrested and charged with three murders. After his arrest, Jeremy asked one of the officers, hey, have you ever heard of natural born killers? I think it's the best love story of all time. Okay, you piece of shit. He also then proposed to Jasmine and she agreed to marry him. Good luck with that. Okay. Who's Jasmine, who's going to sign off on that? You're fucking 12 years old. What's yeah. happening? You just killed your whole fucking family. So just 11 days later, police charged Jeremy's friend, 19-year-old Casey Lancaster, for ex- for accessory to murder. She apparently had driven them out of their town of Medicine Hat and, or uh, Aspirin Beanie. Aspirin Beanie, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And helped destroy evidence, cleaning out Jeremy's bloody truck and even took the knife. Um, her charges were later dropped and she pled guilty to an, an obstruction charge. Uh, she received one year of house arrest as part of her plea bargain and was ordered to refrain from drugs and alcohol. So this bitch got off. <laughs> yeah. And here's the craziest part. This is the end. In Canada, under the Youth Criminal Justice Act, 12 is the youngest possible age that a person can be charged with a crime. Anyone under 14 at the time of the crime could not be sentenced as adults and could not be given more than a 10-year sentence. So 
On July 7, 2007, now 14 years old, Jasmine Richardson was convicted of three counts of first-degree murder. On November 8, 2007, she was given the maximum penalty allowed, 10 years of imprisonment. Her sentence included the 18 months that she had already spent in custody, as well as four years of in a psychiatric rehabilitation program, followed then by a four-and-a-half-year four supervision in the community, which kind of sounded to me like probation. Um, so... On December 15th, 2008, Jeremy was sentenced to three life sentences on each of the three murders. His sentences are to be served concurrently and will likely he will likely be eligible for, for parole in 25 years. Woo. So um, they actually continued writing each other many love letters back and forth while they were in prison. Um, I have seen them. There's a lot. Like I said, there's so much more to the story, like just more details if you wanted to see. So if you guys want... Um, I can message them if you want to ask me for them. I can, I should, maybe I should post them. I don't know if you think I should post a couple of their love letters. I don't know. Um, you should post a few. I think we yeah, do that. Maybe I'll do that. Okay. I'll share a couple cause it's fucking nuts. But yeah, in September of 2011, Jasmine Richardson began attending classes at Mount Royal university in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, as she completed the final years of her sentence. She was released from the psychiatric institution in the fall of 2011. On May 6, 2016, Jasmine Richardson was released from her probation and her sentence was officially complete, just two weeks after the 10-year anniversary of the murders. She is the youngest person ever to be convicted of multiple murders in Canada. As of 2020, the murders have been wiped from her criminal record. Is there any, like, word on where she is now or, like, who so has she come forward at all? No, apparently she's changed her name and lives in an undisclosed area. And I have I tried really so wonder. fucking hard to find her. <laughs> I really wonder, like, uh, if she feels bad. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Um, there's a part lot of... of me is, like, she's, she's obviously awful, right? But she's also just a child and, and a victim in her own right. Right. And this story reminds me a lot of the, the Gypsy Rose case, which I would love to cover at some point. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, very conflicted. The only person I know who is a piece of shit is Stinky here. Yeah, Stinky. So. He did change his last name. Um, I I believe <laughs> it's like he changed it to like Jeremy Sway or Smay or something like that. I'm like, I mean, okay, like, but he's still in prison. <laughs> it's Jeremy, not Stinky. Thank yeah, you, Jeremy. That's his last name, not fucking Stinky. But um, yeah, uh, I, I <laughs> he changed his, his last name to Fresh or something. Could you imagine? Passive aggressive. Oh my god. Um, but yeah, so she, this bitch is just out there. She's just fucking out there, and I hope she feels like a piece of shit mainly for killing her little brother because it was I, yeah. noted. It was yeah. noted a lot. And a lot of the things that she was really, really close to him and he wasn't supposed to be a part of the plan. Um, and I just really hope she feels like shit about that. Um, no. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. That's so sad. Yeah, um, so that's the case. It's crazy. Ugh. Well, I feel like shit. <laughs> right. I want to find her well, so bad, dude. If yeah, anybody knows where the whereabouts of Jasmine Richardson. I don't even know her new I'm fucking a, name. I heard so hard. Dude, it could be you for all I know. She's 20. She is uh, apparently she's now 29. So she is one year younger than me. Yes. Okay. All right. All right. You're so, clear. You're clear. Yeah. I'm in the clear. I'm in the clear. Um, You're in the clear. I know. But, I, I all right. Older, but you know, it's not me. So fuck off. So yeah. next week we are going to do Skinwalker Ranch last part. Um, Oofta. And then Justine's going to do another story of hers. And then I think the week after that, we are going to have a, our first visitor. 
our first Ooh, guest. It's going to be so wild. So we're excited for that. Yeah. Uh, we love you guys and stay safe out there. Yeah. Honestly, just stay safe. We love you guys. Thanks we love for you. Listening. Bye. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye. Oh, yeah. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye. <laughs>